1: from people who are thinking about starting to sell on eBay and how to deal with returns, how they work, how to limit them. Uh, Hopefully this episode will be helpful to answer any questions that you have. I think one of the big topics with selling on eBay is do you offer free returns or paid returns? I don't know. I go back and forth. I've tried looking into offering free returns. We do it to where we offer returns within 30 days and the buyer has to pay for shipping. And I looked it up because I was curious how many returns versus sales. This year, we've had nine returns out of 283 sales and two were for doesn't match description or photos. So when a buyer chooses that, Then the return automatically gets accepted by eBay under their eBay money back guarantee program that they have for buyers to protect them when somebody lists something that is not as described or not correct and they get the wrong item. So I felt like that was not that many returns. A lot of them were for like wrong size and things like that. I do think there's benefits for offering free returns, which we'll talk about a little later in the episode. One
0: thing that I think you should add is a lot of people think that clothing, for some reason, gets like a ton of additional returns in that category versus other categories.
1: So do you remember what some of those returns were that you got? One was a pair of shoes, which I know it was our fault. Um, We listed them as narrow or listed them as wide and they were narrow or listed them as narrow and they were wide. So it definitely was our fault for not checking that when we were creating the listing. And the other one was for, I think it was a screen. And I think they knew to choose that because they knew that they wouldn't then have to pay for the return.
0: I've only had two returns total in my entire time selling on eBay since 2020, um, I offer the same thing that Liz does. So returns for 30 days, buyer pays shipping. And they were both my fault. I actually sent the buyer the completely wrong items somehow. One was through the global shipping program and he initiated a return and I was like, you know, you don't have to send this back. I'm just going to refund you. He ended up somehow sending it back to me anyways. And I sent him the right thing because it was a gift for his daughter. I don't No, that was like the first return that I ever had. That was back in 2020. I'm going to have to look into that some more. I don't remember all the details off the top of my head, but I don't think he actually did the return through eBay. So I think he paid a ton of money to get this like playset back to me. It was kind of like a oddly shaped box. I think it was like three pounds or so. It must have cost him a lot of money to send that back. But um he ended up sending it back, even though I told him we didn't have to. And, you know, I sent him the right thing and whatever, made, the, made it right. And then the other one was also a toy. And I sent them, I had two similar toys. They just looked very similar to each other, the packaging and everything. And I somehow just picked the wrong one and sent the wrong item. So they returned it and that, that was that. They didn't repurchase. But I sell a lot of clothing on eBay as well and
1: haven't had any clothing returns actually on there. So I haven't experienced that yet. With clothing too, especially used clothing, people are looking for specific items. I know like I have my Massimo shorts that I love to wear during the summer. They're a specific size. And I'm always going to eBay, Macari, Poshmark, looking for that particular brand and size and style, which I can't find in the store anymore, but it's something I'm looking for. So as the buyer, I already have an idea of exactly what I'm looking for. So if you are listing clothing, I think don't be afraid that you're going to get a lot of returns. With these tips, it's going to kind of give you more insight as to, oh, well, these returns, a majority of them are usually because the seller is messing up somehow. There's something wrong with the way that they're listing the item. And I think in the end, that's when returns do happen. Um, They can cause you to have negative feedback. I mean, think about it. If somebody is expecting an item and it shows up and it's not what it's described in the listing, that can result in somebody leaving you negative feedback on eBay. It can also affect your seller level. If you're getting too many returns, that can actually bring you down to the next level. You won't be a top rated seller and it costs you time and money. We're going to give you some tips this way you can help reduce your eBay returns. All right. So the first tip is
0: to make sure that your listings are accurate. So the description is a great place to start with this and to make sure that you're adding info and the correct info. So it's really easy when you're in the zone and kind of just like flowing through, like, you know, doing listing after listing, maybe you're copying your description and pasting it into the next listing, making sure that you're taking out information that doesn't apply to the current listing and editing it to make sure it is accurate and adding information into the item specific. So I know a lot of people list um, by doing sell similar, which is a great way to list a lot of items very, very quickly. But I just don't trust that whoever listed that item put in 100% correct info. So I'm definitely going through all those item specifics if I'm using sell similar and making sure that they're accurate. Just doing a quick double check to make sure that the size is right. So I saw a lot of Blow molds in, uh, like around the holiday season for, you know, like outdoor decorations, Christmas, Halloween, stuff like that. You know, sometimes there's different variations of sizes. Sometimes people just assume that they have the, um, you know, 24 inch one, but it's the 12 inch one or something, something dumb like that. Just making sure that you actually measure or take a look at the tag or whatever it might be and that you're putting the correct information in is so important, not just assuming that it's right because it's already there.
1: Yeah, that is a very good point because that actually happened to Casey and I over the holidays. Our niece loves basketball. We found the Sue Bird from Seattle, Jersey. And it, I definitely knew that that seller was doing sell similar, but his listing was incorrect. We needed a large and he ended up selling an, an extra small. That's what he sent. So I know what he did. I He did sell similar In the photos, you could tell it was a large, but in the description, which I missed, or not the description, the item specifics, he didn't change that size. So what I thought I was getting in the pictures was not what I actually got. I got an extra small instead of a large, which was in the photos and in the title. When you're first starting off, You wanna be very efficient with listing. You want to do the sell similar because it's faster. I agree with you. I just I don't hundred percent trust every single person that's selling on eBay that they're gonna put accurate information in the item specifics. So I think when you're starting out, or if you aren't getting sales, go back and look at those listings to make sure they're accurate. That is so important. That way, everything is correct and you're not going to get somebody returning something because you put something wrong in the description. What I like about eBay, one of the updates, they now allow you to have 24 photos. I think that is really good for sellers. I know there's a lot of items that I was maxed out with photos and I couldn't add everything I wanted to. I feel like using high quality photos, making sure like even with the coloring of the items. So if you have like a red shirt, making sure that the red looks like what the buyer is going to get. My phone is awful. I don't know if anyone listening has a Samsung Galaxy S20 Plus. The camera is garbage. I can't photo certain colors. I actually have to go into the pro setting and mess with it. That way the coloring looks accurate. We're in the market for a new phone. It's already paid off. The next time I'm going to buy a new phone, I'm going to bring a couple items of clothing to the store, to the phone store, to T-Mobile, and I'm going to actually use those cameras to make sure that they're going to accurately get the color right. I think that's so important. A lot of times when you're photoing too, if you aren't using correct lighting, things can look darker in photos. When you're a buyer and you're looking for a specific color, if you get it and it's not that color that could open up the buyer wanting to return the item because it, it wasn't as described in the photos. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. 100% lighting is... You can do a lot with lighting, actually. And I know um I've mentioned this in a couple episodes, but I went to school for photography. That was my major, one of my majors. It is insane, how much just like some good lighting can help increase the quality of your pictures, eliminate shadows. So if you have problems with shadows, if you live in a really dark area, I mean, the sun is out here in New York for the first time in like three months. So that is going to affect my, you know, photo setup today. I'm not going to need a ton of like artificial light There's a lot of light coming in here today and it's beautiful. So, you know, stuff like that, but I might have to use like a light box to help eliminate shadows based on where I am in the room. And if a shadow is cast on something, it can also make it look like there's stains. So you have to be really careful, you know, when you're leaning over, like your photo setup, if you have, if you do flat light is like the shadow that your hand or your phone casts on the item could look like it's a dark spot on on whatever you're photographing so that's something else to kind of look out for
1: yeah and with the 24 photos if you have a item that you know there's a defect make sure you're taking a photo of that and putting it in the listing that's also important because some people do shop off of photos and some people shop off item description so really you need to cover your basis making sure that your photographs definitely show any flaws that the item has
0: all right. So the next tip that we have for you is to add a video to the listing. Um eBay has made it a lot easier now. You used to have to like embed a link into the description and it would like reroute you to like YouTube video or something like that. You don't have to do that anymore. Now you can upload your Um, let's get your video right into the eBay listing. They make it so much easier. Thank goodness. Thanks, eBay. This is really important. Like Liz said, if there's a flaw in an item, I'd like to do a little video just kind of showing. And maybe if it's like a tiny little pinhole using like the tip of a pencil, you know, next to that pinhole to show the size of, of the pinhole. Um, if you have electronics showing them turned on and functioning. Uh, Battery-operated things, like I've said before, I sell a lot of toys. A lot of these toys come with batteries included, which is nice. But if you know if it's a popular toy, especially and it's been on the shelf for a little while. You know how kids are when they go to like Target, they're pressing all the buttons. They want to see it work. They want to hear the dinosaur roar, the baby cry, whatever it might be. So they're pressing the button over and over and over again. And that wears down that, you know, that battery. I also put in the listing, I just thought of this, something that I mentioned, and I can't remember where I heard this from. I think I heard this from someone a while ago. But if it comes with a battery, like putting in the description, like comes with display battery it's not like a fully charged battery or whatever like it when they get the item if it stops working after you know two days you don't want them to open a return because it stopped working likely the battery is just worn out because it's a really popular toy and a hundred other kids Before theirs, press the stupid button, you know. So comes with display battery, takes double three double A's, whatever. So putting that in the in the description, but also like doing a video showing that it is fully operational at the time you're listing it. You know, showing any defects, like we said before. You know, back to like holiday stuff. If it lights up, if it plays music, you know, turning it on and letting it go through like that whole rotation. That's you know something kind of cool, so people can get a good sense of how it works, what it sounds like, what it looks like all lit up, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And if you are going to be testing and doing the video, we sell like tape recorders and things like that. So if you have something that's an electronic that you have to actually use your own batteries, and then you're going to take them out, make sure that you're including in the description that it does not come with, you know, AA batteries. So that's another thing. So just because you, well, a buyer could look at the listing and be like, oh, well, it's going to include the batteries because they just tested it. You know, I mean, you want to just cover your bases. So I'm all about under promising over delivering. You're just providing a better buying experience if you are completely transparent with your listings. The next thing will definitely help prevent returns, which is packaging items with enough padding so the items will arrive safely. I've told this story before. My very first dish set that I sold arrived with not one piece intact. Every single plate, every single bowl was broken. It looked like somebody literally threw the box off a mountain and it rolled down to the bottom. It was my fault. I did not use enough padding. I didn't understand how to securely package dishes that were fragile. So I think that's another thing. Don't be afraid to overuse packaging material. When you are putting things together, if you can shake the box and you feel something move inside, it's not secure. So making sure that you have a lot of bubble wrap on hand or foam or packing peanuts. And, you know, who cares that it takes them 10 minutes to open up the package? Your goal is to get it there safely. So that's one thing that you should definitely make sure that you're doing package items with a lot of padding.
0: Yeah. And I think that this is another good reason why a lot of people start on eBay with clothing and shoes because they're very unlikely to break in transit. Um, and then once you get the hang of shipping and packaging your items, then moving into like other items, hard goods and more fragile things. So that's a good point. So the next tip that we have for you guys is to make sure that you're shipping as quickly as you possibly can. A lot of um sellers on eBay offer, you know, same day shipping or one day shipping or, you know, handling time, whatever it is. Um, Amazon has just gotten people really used to super fast shipping, super fast delivery. People don't want to wait, like they want their stuff. Now, what we've seen happen is if you know, you're taking a little bit too long to ship your items, like they're going to keep looking for someone that can ship their item out and have it to them. Uh, really, really fast. So by the time you ship yours out, they might have already purchased the same exact item from someone else and received it, and then they're going to return yours because that's what came in last.
1: Yeah. And if you are going to have a longer handling time, I mean, things happen. Maybe you, you know, take time off and you need to change your handling time. Ours is at one day, but you know, when we take time off, we move it to five days. If you get a sale, message the buyer ahead of time. Let them know. I have a longer handling time right now. I don't know if you noticed when you purchase the item, but I will be shipping your item on this day. This is when you can expect it. And nine times out of 10 buyers are fine with it, but you might get a buyer that's like, I need you to cancel the order because it's not gonna arrive in time. You don't know if that person's buying something as a gift. So it's just good practice if you are going to have a longer handling time communicate that to the buyer. It's always better to just
0: be upfront and honest about like what's going on than to just hope that they're going to be okay with it. And I would much rather not ship the item, you know, have them cancel and not have to ship it, then ship it out, have them complain about the shipping time and then want to return it for whatever reason, because it didn't come in, you know, enough time. So, you know, it's just saving yourself some headache.
1: Now, this question came up in our private Facebook group. Uh, we had somebody ask, buy some Lily Pulitzer items and was asking if they were authentic. And I don't sell that brand. I I don't know if I've even came across it in a thrift store, but I was trying to look up to help them out and figure out like, how do you find if something is authentic? And then it got me thinking about the times where, you know, we had found Nike shoes out in the wild and they're older. And it's like, how do you guarantee that the items that you're buying are authentic? But if you have any doubt if they're not authentic and you can't figure out how to verify, you might want to avoid listing those items because if they do end up being inauthentic, then that can open up a return on your end.
0: Yeah. And you can also lose your eBay account as well if you're selling inauthentic items. So really something to be careful with. So the next tip that we have for you is to offer free returns on your items. So we talked about this a little bit in the beginning. Neither of us offer free returns currently, but it is something that we've both played around with back and forth. The benefits to offering free returns are it is more attractive to your buyers. It kind of gives them a little peace of mind like, oh, well, if there is something wrong with this, I can just send it back. And it doesn't seem like based on, you know, the the people that I have heard in our community talk about it, it does not seem like turning on like free returns increases the amount of returns. It's really giving them a little bit more of a peace of mind, honestly. Um you do get 10% off your seller fees and also a bump in the search results. So that's something to keep in mind as well.
1: Our uh, private label brand that we sell, we actually have a separate eBay account for that because it's a completely different business. We do offer free returns on that. I don't think I've ever had a return. feel like we probably do need to start offering free returns because like you said, it's more appealing to buyers. It's just that confidence that if they do have a problem with it, they can return it. Getting the 10% off seller fees, that's actually really big. And I looked into it. It was one of the episodes we were doing about eBay. And I feel like if we do offer free returns, we're going to save so much money with seller fees. So I think that is something I definitely need to try. And then maybe we can do a follow-up video and see you know, how it's going with offering free returns. The next tip that we have, so you avoid returns. This applies to high dollar items. A few years back, the Nintendo Switch was really big we sold one for $400. We made sure that we bought insurance. So if you buy insurance for higher ticket items, you're going to avoid somebody opening up a return because a lot of times what happens, you could get scammed, somebody saying they didn't get the item. With the higher ticket items, Or paying for the insurance, I think will secure that it's going to get delivered to the buyer. All right. And the last tip that we have for you guys is to
0: make sure that you're adding measurements to your listing. So the example that I gave before on the blow molds, that's a perfect example. It is so hard sometimes when you are photographing items and when you're looking as a buyer on eBay to know from that photograph. How tall is the snowman? I have no concept of, of how tall it could be twelve feet tall for all I know. You know what I mean? It, or it could be six inches tall. There's nothing for scale next to the item, so having a measuring tape or you know the measurements listed, something like that, is really going to help the buyers. Um, and I like to add that right in the photos and in my description because, like Liz said. Some people are, are, you know, looking at the, the details and the item specifics and in the description. That's how they buy items. And then other people pretty much just look at the photos. So I want to make sure that that information is in both spots. It does take an extra couple of seconds to add that information in. It's, you know, maybe two to three more pictures that I'm taking, but we have plenty of spots now on eBay to upload those photos. It's not really taking away from, you know, other photo spots. So I think it's really important to add that information and it will um, decrease the amount of returns due to size of item on, especially something like a decoration, a household item. Um, a hard good, something like that. It's just so hard to judge how large something is just based on a photo alone. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast.
1: Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode
0: with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day check.